Christian Parenting. Welcome to the Love Where You Are podcast. I'm your host, Summer Colbert. I wear many hats as a bio, adoptive, and mentor mom, writer, speaker, and director of adoption and foster care ministry. Our seasons of life change as we walk the parenting journey, but one thing that doesn't change is our calling to love God, love others, and share Jesus wherever we are. This is a place to come together to ask the hard questions, have honest conversations, and dive into God's truth and His Word for the purpose of building spiritually healthy families. Join me each week as we share amazing stories, dive into scripture, and tackle tough topics to equip you to parent on purpose and live life on mission. I'm so grateful you're joining me today. Hey friends, we are starting a new series this summer called The Lies Good Moms Believe. In this episode, we will be challenging the lie, someone else could do a better job than me. We are going to measure that lie against the truth of scripture, offer you some practical advice and biblical encouragement through discussion, and then end our time with a simple but powerful prayer to equip you to take these lies head on whenever they try and sneak their way into your mind. And to tackle this lie, Summer is joined with Becky Keefe. Becky Keefe is the author of three books and the mother to three boys. Her books are The Simple Difference, Courageous Kindness, and No Better Mom for the Job. She is also the community manager for the Dayspring community in Courage. Becky says championing women to live courageously, empowered by the strength Jesus gives, makes me come alive. Summer and Becky get honest about struggling with comparisons, inadequacies, the anxiety of going in public with your kids and worrying about what people think, living under a blanket of shame, and how all these negative thoughts can lead to dark places. Friend, know that this is a safe place to tackle these fears and anxieties and stand in God's love. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, Becky. Welcome. And thank you so much for being here on the Love Where You Are podcast. Oh, it's so fun to be here with you, Summer. So we are in a series called Lies Good Moms Believe. And today, Becky and I are taking on the lie that someone else could do a better job than me when it comes to parenting our kids. And, you know, this was a topic, Becky, that came about as a result of a survey that I did with my readers and my listeners. And this was a lie that really stood out to me because as I got to thinking about it, you know, I believe it's quite often an unspoken struggle that many moms face. Mm -hmm. You know, this lie speaks to shame and failure and inadequacy and ultimately a questioning of God's sovereignty. And to agree with this lie is really to confess out loud or quietly that we don't believe that God got it right when he made us the mother of our kids. And you know, as well as I, that is a very dangerous lie to agree with. So when a mutual friend of ours introduced me to your book, No Better Mom for the Job, I knew I had to reach out to you for this conversation. So I'm really, really excited that you're here to share your wisdom with us because you have done the grunt work and you have lived this and I know you're passionate about it. So I would love to begin our conversation with a quote from the very beginning of your book, if you don't mind. Yeah. And it just sets the tone for the heart of where you are coming from and where I believe this discussion is going to lead us. So you say in your book, whether you birthed your child through hours of physical labor or you labored through years of prayer and paperwork for a courtroom declaration, at some point, every mom wonders if she really is enough. 
Our feelings of inadequacy may manifest in different ways, but essentially we're all grappling with the same thing, how to love well, the imperfect child placed in our imperfect care. And I love the way you worded that and the words that you specifically use. So I want to just start out by asking you, why do you believe this lie that somebody else could do a better job than me is so effective against moms? I think it's so effective because it really like hits at the heart of our desire to steward well, like this gift, this privilege of raising these kids. I think it's because we care so much that then we see, you know, we're just kind of faced with our own inadequacies. And some of that is very real. Like I, I don't always have what it takes like on my own, right. By my own strength. Um, but I think especially, I, I wouldn't doubt that moms for generations have been struggling with this, but I feel like that today we have an extra layer of struggle living in the social media age where we see a highlight reel of other people's lives. I completely agree. Because I don't know about you, but it's like whatever part of, of mothering that makes me feel inadequate, I can easily go on Instagram and find someone else with shiny squares that seems to be celebrating that very strength in her. So yeah. whether it's like when I, when my kids, especially were little, I have three spirited boys. Anyone else listening have <clears throat> spirited children? Oh, yes. I see you. I see you, mama. Yeah. Um, so And I had three boys back to back to back. And I would see these other moms, you know, uh, taking their kids on these like fantastic field trips. And like the idea of like taking my three squirrely, loud, (laughs) active boys to like a museum or even the neighborhood library, like gave me like anxiety, like I'm sweating. Um, And so whether, I feel like whatever it is, like if, if it's, if it's, you know, crafting or taking family photos or, you know, reading as a family or going on adventures, like whatever it is that you feel like, I'm just not cut out for this. We can easily find, see another mom who seems perfectly cut out for it. And so I think that's where that lie just is reinforced of like, see, she could do it better. Yeah. Uh, You're absolutely right. And this is why I just think that it was ordained by God for us to meet because I am so your soul sister when it comes to Mm -hmm. all of that, where I'm defeated before I even get through with the idea of planning something like that. My intentions are so good and my desire is there and I want to create these happy mom magical moments for my kids. Mm -hmm. And then I get so overwhelmed and crippled by the thought just because I know my kids very well and I have fantastic kids, but my goodness, yes, they are spirited and and they're all spirited in their own different ways. And then I struggle with anxiety anyway. So too much stimulation and too much overload just causes me to shut down anyway. And so I feel you on that. And absolutely the highlight, highlight reel is such a battle for all of us as we're seeing everyone else's best. And then our inadequacies are most certainly amplified through all of that. So with that in mind, let's talk about, because you, you mentioned in the quote that I just read and how that manifests in our day and in our behavior. So let's talk about what it looks like on a daily basis when moms agree with this lie. Yeah. Well, I can speak from my own experience and also, you know, like you speaking and writing to, to, to moms for a long time that I see it play out as Sometimes we don't even realize that we are living under this blanket of of shame. You use that word shame. We're living under a blanket of inadequacy and discontentment. And when that's happening, we are weighed down and we aren't able to move through 
our normal days through motherhood with the kind of of joy and and gratitude that I think God really desires for us, not because we're supposed to like slap on, you know, a fake filter, but because they're in the midst of the heart of motherhood. Like, let's all admit, like, it is hard. Like, we're not trying to like erase that. But I think when we agree with the lie that someone else could do a better job, we, it makes us just feel defeated in our mothering, which I have found leads to not only negative outlook and thoughts about myself, but also about my kids. Yes. Because I start to think if only he was different, if only he was like this, then these outings wouldn't be a disaster. <laughs> if only, you know, he would behave or his personality was like this, or we didn't clash. Like, and that's, that's not a good way to, to, to love our kids. Absolutely. I feel you. You're so right. And I have confessed those things said those things, asked God to forgive me for thinking those things Mm. throughout my mothering journey as well. And so for anybody who's listening, who is afraid to admit to yourself, it is okay to admit that because the struggle is very, very real. And you said something that I really appreciated in your book, and you were talking about one of your sons in particular, and you said one of the days that you were struggling with him, you said the gap between what he needed and what I had to give was big. Mm -hmm. Let's hone in on that idea of just bandwidth for moms and encourage moms who are really struggling with what they expect, they think they should be able to do and what is good for their kids versus what they really feel like they're capable of. Yeah. Um, As soon as you read that, I like, I felt back to like the way I felt like in that season. And I mean, certainly my kids are are older now. Um, My boys are nine, 11 and 12. Um, and certainly there's times where I'm like, oh, like I, I am not cut out for this stage or I don't know how to meet you there, but especially, um, you, you know, in a different season, I had to learn, um, to really study my child and myself. Um, and in doing so set boundaries that would set us up for success That's because I had this idea like you were saying of like, I should be able to do X, Y, Z. I right. should be able to go to the library and go to the park and, um, and, and host play dates and, you know, whatever your individual list is. But I think we all go into motherhood with these pictures of what it's going to look like. Right. And then for me, I was not able to live up to even like my own pictures, not even like other people's expectations of me, but just my own. Yes. And so I found myself in these patterns of, feeling just, you use that word defeated. Like I just felt defeated. Um, and so when we talk about bandwidth, I had to realize, okay, I may not be cut out to be the, you know, the, the field trip mom, or like when my boys were little, like there was this huge sprawling park, um, just nearby us. And people were like, Oh, do you go to Finkbeiner all the time? I'm like, no, no, I do not. Because there is like, a parking lot and a skate park and a, like a long ditch. And like, there was no boundaries. And I knew that I would be a defeated mess. And so I'm like, no, I drive 20 minutes to the park that is fully gated. Right. But, but what I discovered is, is that if I could understand the way my kids were wired and the way I was wired and like, what are some things for this season? It can change that I can do to set myself and us up for success so I can enjoy my kids. So hopefully they can enjoy me. Um, that was a game changer to be like, okay, I still may feel like what I have to give isn't quite enough, but by setting some, some healthy boundaries, 
that were not compared to what your boundaries might be or what my friend might be capable of. But for me, it kind of, it, it closed that gap a little bit. Yes. And that's such a good point. And just that awareness and taking the time to really understand yourself and your child, because if you've got the whole introvert extrovert dynamic going, that's mm-hmm. going to be something that you have to be mindful of. And, you know, I feel like I was really late to the party on all of this, quite frankly, you know, with the whole Enneagram thing and the extrovert introvert thing. But I will tell you, it you talk about game changer. That was game changing for me to understand. Mm-hmm. I have two very strong extroverted kids out of my three. And my middle son is the only one where he and I could just kind of go into our hidey hole with a book or a movie and our dogs. And like, we're perfectly good with life. But the other two are like people, 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 stimulus, stimulus, you know, all the things. And so we really have had to learn. And I think something else that has really helped me is sitting down with each individual kid and saying, hey, what would you like to do to spend quality time with mom and dad or as a family? Mm -hmm. And we even created a list, especially during COVID when we had to get really creative with how we spent our time and we were all at home. We took each kid aside and we had a list posted in our closet under each kid's name was a list of five, six, seven things that they wanted to do. And slowly over the course of the year, we checked those boxes off. And it was very, you know, encouraging for us as parents because we're like, yay, parental win. We did something. And the kids are all so pleased with it because it was their suggestion and we carried it out. And some of them were really simple. And then some of them we said no to like trampoline parks because my anxiety sends me spinning, not even because of the injury part of it, but because of the germs. Like I just have a Mm -hmm. thing. And so, you know, you talk about knowing yourself. Yeah. You can be a real party pooper when it comes to stuff like that, but you're, you're so right. It's important to know yourself and to know what will create good memories, the the outcome that you want for your family and for your time with your kids. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I love that intentionality that you just were like, okay, to know that what, what meets the needs or, you know, fills that love bucket of one kid might be different than, than another kid. Um, and certainly might be different than how we would, you know, prefer to choose to spend our time. And so how do you, yeah, find where those things meet in the middle? That's, that's, that's great. Yeah. And, you know, we were actually really pleasantly surprised when everybody had their own list and we intentionally pulled them away from the influence of their siblings to speak into what they wanted to put on their list so that it really and truly would be what they wanted. Yeah. And But not one complaint for when we said, okay, tonight we're doing this kid's choice. There was never any complaint because we were all still doing it together as a family and it ended up being something really, really fun. And we made new discoveries about things that we actually enjoyed doing as a family that we didn't know before. So it was really, really good. How neat. Let's get back to this lie once again of somebody else could do a better job. Mm -hmm. I'd love to spend some time and really call out what the root fear is behind this lie. Mm -hmm. I think there can be lots of different roots, but I think a, a, a common one, and I know I have felt this, is the fear that I'm going to fail my child. Yeah. I, or I'm not going to be what they need. Yeah. And I think it, it again goes back to what I had mentioned about, um, you know, I think it's because we care so much. Like, we, um, you know, even on days when motherhood is hard, even on days when I'm like, can I just get a little space? Like, I love you, but I need a break from you. Like, still, like, we would give our very lives for our children. And so I think it comes down to that of just caring so much and being like, what, like, what if, what if what I have to give is not enough for what is needed? Right. 
And that's, I think that speaks to the heart of every single mom. And, and it goes back to, yeah, you're absolutely right. That root fear that I'm not doing it well. You know, I picture myself wanting to look at the end of my motherhood journey when my kids are adults and hopefully prayerfully thriving in their own relationship with Christ and their own healthy relationships with a spouse and as a parent and, you know, so forth and so on. You want to see that Deuteronomy 6 legacy play out as yeah. a result of your efforts. And we do, I, I always say, I love my kids so fiercely that sometimes I can be too fierce. Mm. And so that's something that I really have had to learn over the course of almost 15 years of parenting now that mama's got to tone back her fierceness because that's not going to reach hearts and that's not going to accomplish what I'm wanting to do. So, and, and really we have to look at this and this is why I'm calling this series, the lies good moms believe, because I want moms mm. to hear this. If you're worried about this type of stuff, you're already a good mom. Right. You question that. And so I didn't want to just say the lies moms believe you're yeah. a good mom because you care so much, just like you were saying. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why it's a frequent lie we all struggle with. And the liar himself, the enemy of our souls, of our peace, of our families, he is absolutely feeding that to us to derail us from mm -hmm. the joy that is intended to experience as a family. But I want to, I don't want to get ahead of myself. And I want to ask you this question, which is what does the enemy stand to gain by convincing us and keeping us stuck in this lie that somebody else can do it better? Yeah. Well, I think when we are stuck in that lie, we are stuck focusing on our own lack. Yeah. Focusing on, you know, I'm not measuring up. I'm not giving my kids what they need. I'm not doing it as well as she is. And yeah. guess what? When we're focused on our lack, we are not looking to rely on God's power. That's right. And that's what the enemy stands to gain by convincing us that this is true. Because yeah. the minute a mom says, actually, it's true. Like, I don't have what it takes on my own. But, you know, the God of all love, patience, joy, tenderness, kindness, self-control, like, everything he has is available to me and his grace can fill in my gaps. Like yeah. that's a place of, of, of thriving and of growth and of victory. And so of course, like the enemy wants to, to keep us from that. Yes. Yes. I love that, that he fills in the gaps because we do feel that pressure, especially like you were talking about earlier in this day and time with social media, we feel like we have to take it all on. And we feel like we have to prove that we're accomplishing what we're seeing in those highlight reels. And it really, it is so draining and is absolutely contradictory to where God wants us because we need to be fully reliant on him in order to steward these lives that he's given us. Right. And so, I think we should stay, I don't think it's, it's, it's God's desire or healthy for us to stay in the place of like, I'm not cut out for it. Like another mom would do a better job in my shoes. Like that's not the right place, nor yep. is I got this. Like, right. Like, of, like I'm super mom. Like, don't worry about it. I can do it all on my own. Like that's not the place he wants us either. You know? Right. And so I think it's so important to think about godly confidence. Like what is my God given confidence as a mother? Because self-confidence is temporary. It's fleeting, you know? And I think, um, and maybe I'll touch on this a little bit later, but like God has uniquely wired each of us with incredible gifts and strengths that he wants us to use. But again, to point back to, oh, God knew that I needed this, or he wants to use this thing in my child's life, as opposed to like, I got this, like girl powered up, like I'm good to go. Hey mamas, as a mom today, it's harder than ever to instill the godly confidence our daughters so desperately need. And without that confidence, 
our daughters are left to navigate on their own the pressures and values of the world around them. That's why our friends at Christian Parenting have teamed up with professional counselor and marriage and family therapist, Tara Madsen, to create a clear, credible, and biblical guide that gives moms like you what you really need to raise daughters who are empowered to face whatever life throws at them. A Christian Parenting Guide Helping Moms Raise Confident Daughters is the resource you've been looking for to help you develop and keep a loving, secure connection with your daughter while helping her to be confident in all that God has created her to be. Each video is designed to equip you for every age and stage of your daughter's journey and includes eight video lessons, conversation guides, and a downloadable journal to spark a more intimate connection between you, your girl, and God. When it comes to raising godly girls, you are the right mom for the job, but you don't have to go it alone. That's why I hope you'll register for the Helping Moms Raise Confident Daughters course that fits your daughter's age and stage today. When you do, you'll feel the peace that comes from knowing you're giving her the godly confidence she needs to thrive in every season of life. Courses go live on June 13th, and to pre-order, you can go to cpguides.org or click the link in today's show notes. Now let's get back to the conversation. Exactly. Which is another message that we have to drown out on a regular basis because it's so in our faces. That's such a good point. And I'm so glad that you brought that to our attention. We need to be focused. We have to keep this balance between the two and always leaning into him rather than the other messages that we're being bombarded with. So, and obviously the biggest tool that we need to have in our tool belt as moms is his word. Mm -hmm. So I would love to ask you, you know, what scriptures have you really leaned into as you have wrestled with this yourself, as you, we all probably continue to wrestle with, what are your go-to scriptures and, and the parts of God's word that he's really used to just speak into this and strengthen you? Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you asked that question because you're right. Like, ultimately I'm like, you know, friends, I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. You know, I hope you read No Better Mom for the Job. I think you'll be encouraged. But ultimately, like we need the word of God in right. our lives. Um, and so several come to mind, but one of them, um, I love Deuteronomy 31, 8, which says the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Love it. And those were Moses's words to Joshua before, um, you know, Joshua was being commissioned to like, take over as leader of the Israelites. And you imagine someone who's like on the precipice of, of the greatest calling of their life. And I'm guessing that he was like, yeah, I, I'm not Moses. Like I'm not cut out for this, you know? And so Moses's pep talk wasn't, um, you know, look at, here's your skills and, um, you know, here's your resume or like, don't worry about it. It'll all work out. The Lord himself goes before you and and will be with you. And so I think about like, battling that lie of like, I'm, I'm not cut out for this. Like another mom could do a better job. Well, God is with me. If God is with me and he promises to never leave me, no matter what I face, what, um, you know, what, what tantrum or diagnosis or just challenge, um, I face like God is with me. I love that. And that's really all that matters because mm-hmm. you talk about him going before us. Well, that includes, he had a plan for you to have your children and he, those specific children that he ordained for you to have. So it's not something that we have to stress about. We don't submit a resume to the Lord before we, you know, decide to start trying for a family. You know, right. he already knows he already has our family lineage 
in his hand. And there's a lot of peace in that. And there's a lot of encouragement in that rather than it being something that's daunting, that should encourage us that he trusts us with such a precious responsibility. Right. So, and I would love to hear your story because obviously you had a reason for writing No Better Mom for the Job. So I would love for you to share with us your own experience in combating this lie in your life and then sharing how you've been able to overcome it or gain victory over it. Yeah. Um, I remember as a new mom having this thought that so caught me off guard. And at the time, I never would have admitted it to anyone else, but it was this there's something wrong with my child or there's something wrong with me, but either way we are not a match. Mm, wow. And it, so I, my, my oldest, his name is Noah and his nickname was nonstop Noah because he had two modes, either sleeping, which he barely did or running. Like there was no, there was no in between. And, and I grew up kind of as a tomboy, but I grew up with my mom and two sisters and it, I never could have been prepared for like, he was like all testosterone boy, like from the moment he left the womb. Like, I don't, yep. I just was not prepared for this child and you. like strong-willed didn't even feel like it. Like I saw other people who called them their kids strong-willed. I'm like, and that doesn't even like begin to touch who this child I have. Yeah, and I have so one of those. Yeah. And so that was kind of, it just became this, this banner over me of like, we are not a match. And then uh, 19 months after Noah was born, uh, number two came along and then 22 short months later, number three crashed onto the scene. <laughs> and I was like, so grateful and so drowning. Yeah. Um, and through those years that now just feel like a diaper, breast milk, spit up, crumbler, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I knew that I had to really address the central question, which was, do I trust God or do I believe that he made a mistake in pairing me and my sons together? Right. And it was by being willing to ask myself that question, honestly, and not just like slap on like the Sunday school answer of like, of course I trust God. Cause like, I'm really good at like knowing the right thing to say, but like, right. But like, do I really trust God? And it was through the process of answering that question and then learning to do the things, um, that, that I talk about in the book, like setting, setting boundaries that set yourself up for success and celebrating your strengths and cultivating community because we were not meant to do this journey alone. Right. Like through those things I, I came to be like, you know what, just because it's hard, doesn't mean I'm doing it wrong. Just because I don't feel cut out for it. Doesn't mean that God made a mistake. That's like right. there is a plan and a purpose for this journey. And guess what? Like turns out as I am helping my kids grow up, God is growing me too. And yes. maybe that is the point of it all. Yes. I have learned that multiple times I've had those aha moments where I'm like speaking down to my children out of frustration because of their behavior or lack of obedience or lack mm -hmm. of obedience, whatever it might be. And those have been some of the times that the Holy Spirit has taught me the most. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying it. And as the words are coming out of my mouth, I can just hear him saying, that's how I feel about you that's where I find your heart right now, sweetheart. 
this is a message for you as you're saying it to your kids. And it is absolutely true. And I think, and I don't know if you struggled with this, but I was angry with myself for the longest time because I didn't know ahead of time. And I wasn't ahead of that game in terms of parenting and the lessons that I thought I should have learned before I became a mom and the mistakes that I made as a mom. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a lot of time being really angry and frustrated at my own self. Like, why do you struggle with this? Why didn't you know this sooner? Why did you cause hurt to your kids by losing your temper or whatever it might be? When really and truly, I, if you're so right, you're growing alongside and God knows that ahead of time that he is going to use your relationship with your kids as an opportunity for your growth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. All, all of that. That I know. Right. So take me back to when you were just talking about crashing on the scene and crumbling and drowning and all the things that those words are so relatable to moms who are listening right now. What encouragement would you offer to her to overcome this lie in her life? Mm. The first thing I want to say to her, to you, friend listening, is to encourage you to be honest with God. Yeah. He can handle your doubts, your pain, your frustration, your fears. Um, I, that's one thing I love about the Psalms is yeah. we see these examples of like, there's no holding back. Like there's no, there's no false piety. Um, it's like, God, like, where are you? You know, I'm, 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 I'm withering in this pit. Like, do you see me? Will you answer my, my cries? And so I think be honest with God, tell him, I think oftentimes we don't realize um, as women, how much we are holding in. And this was so helpful. Um, One thing my therapist has said to me is, you know, whether, however you process, whether it's, you know, for me, I, I, I journal or it's, telling a friend or just going on a walk and, and, and thinking about it. But like, it's almost like, think of it like your, uh, like a, your emotional and mental state as like a well. And sometimes like you have to, you have to get it out in order to be able to hold more. Right. Um, and so to, to, to get it out and be honest with God. Um, and then the second thing I would say, um, I, I continually go back to Philippians 1, 6, which says, I am confident of this that the one who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Yes. And so if you feel like, I I should have it together by now, I should no longer be struggling with this lie, or maybe there's another lie in, um, in this series that you've identified with, like, you know, I think we can dump these shoulds on ourselves. Friend, your story is not over. God is continuing to do a good work in you, to do a good work in your children's lives. Um, I think about, sorry, my husband just came over. You're fine. We're good. Hey, I'm I'm recording a podcast interview right now. Uh, No. Oh, my husband. (laughs) And he brought his coworker. I'm like, that's awesome. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Take your time. Well, we were talking about uh, agreeing with other lies in the series. And yeah, uh, I was saying, um, oh, shoot, I'm sorry. What was no, I saying? I not apologize. This totally happened to me the other day when I was interviewing another lady. Um, I was saying, oh, about like he's not yet done with our kids. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, your story is not yet 
over. Like God is still doing a work in you, in your kids. Um, that squirrely spirited, like would not sit still. I don't know how to handle toddler. Like Summer, I could not in my wildest dreams fathom him one day going to school and like being able to sit still. Like right. we kept the child in like, like a booster seat high chair until he was like four and a half. Like I'm not like, it was ridiculous. Like, because he could not choose to contain himself. Yep. Um, anyhow, he's starting seventh grade and he is like, teachers love him and he does know how to sit still. And like, I love being his mom. Like it is such a, a gift and it was a gift then, but it was harder to see it. And so I just, as my, as God is continuing to work in our lives, also be assured God isn't done with our kids either. Yes. So be honest with God and remember that your story isn't over. I love it. And I feel everything you just said, absolutely, 100% agree. Yes, to all of those things. And I can echo that experience in my own, with my oldest, he's 14 and he's starting ninth grade. And he, you know, people say, oh, the teenage years. No, y'all, listen, we're having a blast. That mm -hmm. kid has me in tears, crying, laughing most days. He's hysterical. He's so much fun. He's a fantastic kid. And all the times that I thought my instruction was falling on deaf ears, that mm -hmm. my direction was just, you know, it was not even taken in at all. It, it does. You will see the fruit of your labor when you're going through those hard times, when you're going through those little years. And I am, listen, I'm the first to tell you, I was a terrible mom of babies. Like some people just love the baby toddler phase. I feel like I'm terrible. I like it when they can talk to me, tell me what's wrong. I can fix the problem. You know what? But when we're just screaming and melting and not sleeping, I just don't do well. And so, and like you're saying, it's okay to be honest about that. It doesn't make me a horrible person or a horrible mom. My kids are still alive. They know they're loved. I, you know, made sure they survived every single day, but, and there were sweet moments in those that I think I oftentimes would allow myself to forget because I was so focused on the negative because I would still mm -hmm. wake up at night and cry knowing that I wish I had done it differently. And then I get up the next day and I'm just as cranky and just, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So, but you're so right. Being honest about that and, and then just trusting that the Lord is writing your story and their story. And it is mm -hmm. something that he has gifted the both of you. So that's a really, really good point. And I want to pull out something that I know that you shared on social media and then you just alluded to it a moment ago. And as we tie into our last question for this interview and the question talks about practical steps that mm -hmm. we can take to help moms, but I want to highlight, we go back to that word shame mm -hmm. um, of needing help, needing support and the different ways that sometimes that comes within the Christian community can be criticized. And that is counseling. That is medicine. That is calling for reinforcements with friends or family members when you know you are just on the brink of really cracking and needing help. I want to speak to that and add that to the question of practical steps that we can take moving forward to overcome this lie. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for, for highlighting that because I do think it is so crucial that we get the support we need. And, um, one lie, this is, you know, kind of, kind of a tangent, but one lie that I personally believed for a long time, based upon um, what someone had said to me once was that I was selfish. Mm. But, um, and so I always questioned my motives. And so I thought asking for help, getting support was selfish. Like it's yeah. selfish to take that time. It's selfish. 
And one thing I had to, to learn um, by coming really to, to a breaking point, yeah. um, you mentioned struggling with anxiety. That is part of my story too. Um, looking back, I think it's been part of my story for all of my life, but I, I called it different things. I called it stress or overwhelm or grief or PMS or right. the product of my own procrastination or, you know, all the things. All the things. Um, but uh, one thing I remember in a very first session, you know, I was telling my counselor, like, I don't, I don't even feel comfortable being here. Like I'm having to get someone to watch my kids. This is costing yeah. me, this is costing time, like all these things. And she said very clearly, like, Becky, you need to understand that that taking care of yourself is not the same thing as being selfish. Mm. Taking care of yourself is not the same thing as being selfish. And if your desire is to love and serve your family well, or for those of us who also are working moms, whether that's in the home or out of the home, whatever God has entrusted to our care, we will do that to the best of our abilities when we are nurtured when we are emotionally and mentally healthy. Absolutely. And so I wish that I would have had someone tell me that when I was in those little years, Um, because I I learned um, to get the kind of support of of building intentional friendships and cultivating that. And that was a godsend. Um, But it wasn't until the last, you know, seven or eight years that I started to really grapple with my mental health and, and, and seeing my needs for support in that area. And, um, for me in this season, that does look like taking a low dose antidepressant, antidepressant, antidepressant. (laughs) Right. Um, and I wouldn't have one, I wouldn't have done that. And two, I would not have admitted it many years ago because of, of that shame, that stigma I felt. And now I feel like God, I'm so grateful that there are many different tools and kinds of support available to us. And um, if I think about like the ways I have was I have struggled and felt, whether it's in motherhood, just that overwhelming sense of defeatedness, yeah. or um, you know, just this anxiety that is relentless. Like, if a dear friend was feeling that way, I wouldn't want that for her. Right but we don't often care for ourselves the way we would a friend. And so that's another encouragement I would, I would say is whatever brand of struggle you're facing today, would you care for yourself, allow God to care for you the way that you would desire to see, um, to see a friend supported. That's absolutely right. Cause we are, we're so concerned about the needs and the well being of everybody else. And we feel like it's somehow our task to, to carry our burdens quietly. Mm-hmm. And and we do. It is nothing but a recipe for absolute implosion in every way. And so, if if you find yourself, if you're listening, and you are just knocking on that door, I pray that you will listen to these words that Becky just shared and the encouragement, and feel the freedom to go and seek help in whatever way mm-hmm. you feel. And certainly, always be cautious. Seek out godly counsel. Make sure that the help that you're seeking is you know, scripturally based and, and biblically founded, but absolutely seek help. So Becky, as we close out, would you offer any other just practical steps coming back to just this mindset and this lie that we are battling against to help moms begin to embrace the truth of God's sovereignty over their families? Yeah. Um, 
one thing that has been foundational and like, I felt like I, I clung to it like, uh, like God, you promised this in your word. And so I'm going to trust you. It'll be true in my life. And that's um, James one, five that says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Mm -hmm. And so very practically that says, ask God for what you need. Um, and so, so many times in motherhood, I have just been up against that wall of like, I don't know what to do. Like this child will not comply or I, we are having the same battle or I'm not getting through to him or, um, I don't know how to handle my own emotions that are being triggered by this personality or behavior, right? All these things. And, And so I love that he says like, ask me for wisdom and guys don't lose that second part it says God gives generously without finding fault so that yeah. means that even if I just lost it on my kid what? if I can humble my heart and be like oh Lord that's not the way I want to respond give me wisdom I cannot tell you how many times I have been taken a deep breath maybe like a, a back porch timeout yes and then gone back not even fully knowing what I wanted to say But the Holy Spirit is faithful to move in our lives and answer that prayer and give us the wisdom that we need. Mm -hmm. So ask God for what you need. And then the last thing I would say, Summer, is to intentionally look for and celebrate your strengths. Yes. We are also keenly aware of our weaknesses. Like that's just a fact, right? For sure. I could could rattle off all the areas, you know, that I'm not a very good cook and I don't and I don't do that. Um, but it's a lot harder to, to identify our strengths and yeah. yet all have them. And we often take them for granted. We think, well, everyone does that. Or well, one, it doesn't matter if everyone does it. And two, chances are everyone doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if you are struggling against that lie that someone else will do something better, I challenge you today to write down five things that you are good at as a mom. That's good. And I'm not saying it has to be like super spiritual or, I mean, you could be like, I'm good at French braiding hair and um, reading aloud to my kids and making up silly songs, like whatever it is. I don't know. Are you good at like fixing the squeaky skateboard wheel? Are you good at flossing teeth? Oh my goodness. I am not good at flossing my kids. teeth. (laughs) Like, are you good at like, making like family picnics. I don't know anything. Write those down. I think you will begin to see how God has in fact wired you to meet the needs of your kids. Hmm. That's so good. And what you're doing is you're rewiring your own brain to Mm -hmm. focus on the positive rather than the negative, because the positive is there. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You are a good mom. because You're absolutely wearing yourself into the ground, trying to be one. Yeah. Worrying and doing all the things. So absolutely take that time. And again, it's not selfish to affirm those things that God has placed in you that you are in fact good at. So that is great advice. And I hope everyone, including myself, just will take the time to pause and do that. It won't take long. Right. It's something that is so uplifting and is absolutely a blessing. So Becky, thank you for that. I want to ask you, how can our listeners connect with and support you as we close out? Oh, that's so kind of you. Um, my favorite place to connect is on Instagram. Um, and I'm just at Becky Keefe. 
Um, you could also find me at my website, beckykeith.com. Um, and then one way that you can support me and I think would be a blessing to all of you as well is I have a new book coming out this October. It's called The Simple Difference, How Every Small Kindness Makes a Big Impact. Um, I'm so excited about this message, but what's really, really fun is that right now it's available for pre-order and we have some phenomenal pre-order gifts, including, um, the free audiobook of the simple difference, which if you're like, I have no time to sit down and read a book. Well, let me read it to you. Like as you're in, you know, the, the school pickup line or running errands or making dinner. Um, and another, one of the free gifts is, um, the ebook of No Better Mom for the Job. So if you're interested in, in reading that book, then you basically get like a two for one. Um, so yeah, The Simple Difference is available wherever books are sold. And then you can um, find the way to, to cash in on those pre-order gifts um, at beckykeith.com or at encourage.me. That is perfect. And I will have all of the links in today's show notes for you to connect with Becky and to check out her books and resources on all of those websites that you just shared. So if you just head over to the show notes, you'll have clickable links. It'll take you straight to it so that you can get to those resources because I know you will be blessed by them. Becky, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for your words and your encouragement and your wisdom towards this topic and absolutely crushing this lie of there is no better mom for the job. That's right. Thanks, Summer. You've been listening to the Love Where You Are podcast. I hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by today's conversation. If you have been blessed by this episode, be sure to hit that follow button, rate the podcast, and share it with a friend. And don't forget to head over to today's show notes where you will find all the links to connect with today's guest, along with scripture references, resources mentioned, and some of my favorite takeaways. And hey, I'd love to connect with you. Check out the links in today's show notes to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and join my email list for weekly updates, encouragements, and first access to what's happening in the Ahava community. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, go love where you are and live life on mission for Jesus today.